Welcome to Expounded Universe, with your hosts, Jeff and John. The book, Shadows of the Empire, by Steve Perry, sir. The year, 1996. Chapters, 37 through 40. The title, But Why Start Doing the Smart Thing Now? Let's go. Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? <laughs> Pulls everyone cheese on. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Discovery Podcast. I'm Jeff, joined as always by my host and co-host, John. John, how are you? I'm so good. I'm ready to get on this Discovery, this Discovery Podcast of this- Expounded, Expanded Universe Star Wars. This train only has one more stop, and this is it. We are at the final destination. After this, everybody out. (laughs) We're done. Thanks for the money, dummies. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. We only charge by the episode. We can never quit. Oh, no. We can never stop. (laughs) We'll have another book coming up after this, but this is going to be the last episode of Expanded Universe Shadows of the Empire. Now... That's not 100% true, because we're going to save the epilogue of the book for a discussion episode that will come between Shadows and what comes next. Yeah, if you've got any unresolved questions after this episode, please be sure to tweet them at us at System Mastery or send it to us on Gmail, System Mastery at Gmail. Go ahead, give those to us. We'll see if we can answer all of your unanswered questions yeah all your star wars questions can come no only your shadows of the empire Ah, that's right they have to be referencing or about shadows of the empire in some way and not the n64 game because frankly i don't want to dig around in my garage yeah dig around in there i'm good i don't want to there's stuff in there i don't know about (laughs) there's stuff in there that there should not be seen by man (laughs) there's questions in my garage that need no answer (laughs) so so yeah, send us your questions about Shadows of the Empire for our wrap-up discussion episode. Uh, we already had one uh, listener who was nice enough to send us the West End Games Expanded Universe Shadows of the Empire expansion book for uh, for the old D6 Star Wars. Oh boy. So we're going to flip through that and take a look at the old art. I, I've already opened it up and had a look at the funny Bothan in there. That they, they, At that point, they still look like Lon Chaney-style werewolves. Ah, uh, the funny Bothan. Yeah. <laughs> and... um. We'll also be discussing the epilogue, and uh, that'll, that'll be next week. We're also going to tell you what the next book is. Ooh. Yeah, we're not asking for your opinion on this one. There's no poll or nothing. I just picked a book, and we're doing it. Doing it. So, are you ready, John? Are you ready to walk this thing through to the end? I'm ready. I'm ready for this super four-chapter extravaganza where we finally get to the point where instead of saying, All right, we're ready to do something. They actually do something. So, chapter 37, the Tower Assault. The guys are out of the sewer, and they are ready to take the fight to Shizor himself. They're in his sub-sub-basement now. Yeah, they've finally killed off that random sewer worker that was helping them. Yeah, Benedict Vidcon. He's not random. Let's all all honor briefly the memory of Benny V. Let's a moment of silence for Benny V. All right, that's good enough. That's about as long as he was in the book anyway. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Benny V is dead, Uh, so they are now looking through a grate at some guards. Ooh, it's great. There's like six guards out there, and Lando's like, guys, there's six guards. And then Dash, who I guess has settled on on Lando as the easiest person to make fun of, is like, well, what's the matter, Lando? You all old and stupid, or do you know how to kill like two guards at once like a a cool, chill bro like me, like Dash? (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, four of them are playing cards, and the other two are just watching. Yes. Yeah, but Lando is being a little... I mean, he's killed a lot more than, than some guards at this point, but but he's still like, oh, gosh, guys, I don't know how we're going to handle this part. My God, there's four unarmed people and two armed people that aren't paying attention. Anyway, they just kick open the door and shoot all those guys. <laughs> no. See, that's the problem, is if they just did that, it'd be fine. But what they do is kick open the door and have a fucking Keystone Cops moment of stupidity. Yes, that is true. They do a bunch of dumb shit. It's like, oh... What's going to happen is uh, I'm going to come out, and then Chewbacca's going to come out, and then Chewbacca comes out and slips and falls on his bottom. Oh, and no. And then Lando tries to come out, and he falls down. Everyone notices that they smell like doo-doo, except uh. for Dash Rendar, coolest man in the world. Yeah, it's so bad. Because they... <laughs> like, this is supposed to be the climax. Uh-huh. Like, you've already gotten through the sewer. You did your dumb, like, oh, no, poop jokes. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, all right, let's start the assault. And they started off by like, oh, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> and yeah, Dash Rendar, who, meanwhile, by the way, has a wig for his wig and a brain for his heart, begins to kick them apart. Ooh. <laughs> so eventually they manage to stop five of the guards. And then Luke notices the sixth guard isn't ha- doesn't have a weapon. He has a comm link. And he's yelling for help. Yeah, the whole point of them trying to jump out and be like, let's ambush them as quick as possible was they were supposed to be trying to make it so that they didn't get on a comm link so they could be unnoticed for as long as possible, and they immediately fuck that up. Yep. Like, this book is just like, hey, you know your heroes from these uh, these movies? Mm-hmm. They're completely incompetent idiots. Yeah. So anyway, there are yet more guards in the room now. They are all receiving the hot shootings of our noble heroes. Uh, one of them pulls a comm link, and Luke cuts that guy down and stomps on the comm link with his boot, saying, well, no more surprise attack, I guess. Uh, well, yuck. Also, this is the scene where Luke first learns to lightsaber block, huh. where he learns to catch lightsaber or, or a blaster bolts on his lightsaber blade. And the thing I was surprised to learn from the description of this scene is that lightsa- or blaster bolts have a lot of like kinetic energy and weight to them. Yeah. Because he's like, it vibrated me to my core. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of points during these next chapters where he does the parry the lightsaber or the blaster bolts and every time he's like "Ooh, that one shook me and it like knocked my sword around i'm like no what what huh that's never how they filmed it it's light hitting light there (laughs) should be nothing yeah it should just be impressive you can do it it doesn't also need to shake you around a lot yeah it it basically sounds like he's hitting a fucking baseball every time he does it Anyway, just to, just to note this, there's one guard in here who is yelling for help on a comm link, and Luke casually cuts him down. Yeah, just slices him in half and then steps on his comm. Just just keep that in your mind, because it's going to be important in the future, you know, for the note, the fact that Light, uh, Luke just killed an unarmed opponent in cold blood. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. All right, great. Uh, so meanwhile, Shizor, and we get to start right up with Shizor this week. There's no hiding the Shizor. Oh, no. We're not, we're done playing hide the Shizor, if you know what I mean. And so is Shizor, and he's very disappointed about it. But he is bribing the cultural minister. Oh, good. So I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what he gets out of bribing the cultural minister. He's Culture? like, mm, I want uh, I want Arts Week this year to be held at the Prado instead of in the town square. Ooh. That's worth a monthly bribe. <laughs> I guess maybe the cultural minister is different in the Empire, and he can, like, determine what does and does not constitute a culture. Well, maybe the cultural minister is, like, he's bribing him so that he can bring weird cultural artifacts in without having to, like, register them. 
hmm, here's 5,000 credits. Could you go ahead and declare Duros a kind of salamander so I can kill them with impunity? Thanks. Uh, you need to make it so that culturally it's not okay for anyone but me to have moon glow. Hmm, yes, only I may have moon glow. Also, that is, would you like to have some moon glow? Because you cannot. Oh, it's mm. so expensive. It's so exotic. And, and there's a very slight chance you'll die unless you're me. And <laughs> then, then you definitely won't. <laughs> so anyway, Guri pops in and is like, hey, there's some shit going down in the sub-sub basement. And I like this because uh, Shizu's response is to, and this is a quote, make polite noises. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sure that's the, his way of like saying he gets the cultural minister out yes, of the well, room. Yes, uh, well, thank you very much. We'll see you later. Goodbye. But instead, it's he makes polite noises. Which is, yeah. Oh, it. I mean, maybe that, we don't see what the cultural minister is exactly. Maybe he's a weird alien that can only be dismissed through weird noises. Yeah, he has to make polite noises. Yeah. And then polite noises are the way that that alien is like, oh, it's time for me to go. Oh, okay. I heard the polite noises. Now I know I can leave. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I just have no idea what he's doing with the cultural minister, but this is fun because when he realizes that uh, Guri's like, hey, there's something going on in the sub-sub basement, his response is, oh yeah, that's the part of the building we haven't had cameras installed in yet because it's a hassle. Also, there's always fake weird calm things coming from down there. I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, for a guy who's like, okay, any, any moment now, I'm expecting Luke Skywalker to come and try and save Leia because that's apparently what my entire plan was all along and then he's like oh someone uh someone made a call for help from the sub basement where it would be difficult to monitor huh i am sure it is nothing i am shizor lord of being a big dumb idiot and this is the first of like four times just in this chapter where shizor does that they're like uh sir someone's taken over the building through the fourth floor and he's like hmm could this be Skywalker, the person I have set a trap for to try to drag him into my building? No, it could not be Skywalker. Uh, it's also the first of like five different times where he gives some order to Guri and she's already doing it. Like this yeah. is the first of many where he's like, oh, well, dispatch two units of guards to go check on it. And then Perry just goes, and Guri was already doing it at, before Shizor said it. I'm like, man, Guri... <laughs> You are actually in charge of Black Sun. Yeah. Fucking Shizor is just here to be the figurehead. It would actually be kind of neat if the book made that connection for you instead of insisting till the very bitter end that Shizor is in charge of everything and a dynamite super killer brain figure. Oh, yeah. Like, if they were just like, uh, Shizor is a weird uh, pervy puppet master and, or, or a dipshit puppet that runs Black Sun, but really it's this droid he bought a while ago. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if Guri was just like, yeah, I let him keep doing this because... You know, it's nice to have a figurehead that seems really arrogant, but I make sure the actual business runs. I just keep him up in silk robes and moon glow, and he just shuts up and wanders around his innermost chamber or whatever. He keeps talking to inanimate objects that mispronounce his name, <laughs> and then gets a fucking massage from a bed or something. I don't care. I gave him a bad guy Pee-wee's Playhouse up there, and then he pretty much just lets me run the business. Yeah, he's just up there talking to Zombie his chair, and then, uh... <laughs> Mechaleka heine ho or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this, yeah, he's just sort of like, mm, yes, okay, we'll put the building on alert and dispatch two units of guards. And she's like, I did that already. Don't you worry. Don't you fret, Shizor. You just keep playing with your toys. I mean, the real question I have here is, we've 
spent like the first 10 chapters of this book learning that Shizor is like insanely paranoid and rigorously controlling. And now we're learning that half his building doesn't have cameras in it because it would have been annoying to do that. Yeah, he has had this palace for a while. Yeah. He is also, as we've noticed, like, ah, everything must go according to plan and all things must be up to my ridiculous standards. And the fact that not only has he not done it, but he doesn't seem to give a shit. He's like, oh yeah, that sub-basement where there's no comms and you can't see anything and it's like the perfect spot to assault me. Ah, eh, whatever, I don't care. And it's not like, and he's like, oh yeah, well there's always interference coming from down there that makes it hard for comms to work. And it's like, okay, install some closed circuit cameras. They're in the same building, run a wire down there, you lazy shit. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to do it, just have Guri do it. Well, I mean, obviously Guri would do it. Yeah, I, I don't, it's so weird that he's just that lazy about the part of his building where the entrances are. Oh yeah, well it's it's a it's a Death Star thing where he's like, I've got an impenetrable fortress except this one area, but I'm aware of it and I don't care. Yeah, at, at a certain point he's even like, hmm, could this be Luke Skywalker? I doubt it. He's just one boy. Oh, and he, boy oh, is in italics. Where he's like, oh, he's a young little boy. What could he do to me? She's or and it's like I thought you had. I thought you were literally the head of a massive spy network. I mean, you're talking about what the guy who blew up Death Star One, uh, rescued Leia from Death Star One. Uh, let's see, is probably the son of Darth Vader. Uh, is the honorable leader of Rogue Squadron. Yep. Uh, Bullseye's Womp Rats uh, has access to the full Alliance funds. Also, Vader really he really wants this guy alive for some reason. Yeah. It's like, oh, but he's just some farm boy. No, you know he's not. You know very well. You are 100% aware that he is not. He's killed several of the best bounty hunters you've already sent after him. Oh, yeah. The fact that he's like, oh, yeah, well, I've already tried to kill him in, like, multiple ways, and every single time he fucks their shit up. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so he just gives up, and he's just sort of like, mm, yes, well, I'll be here in my office. Please send in the moth. Uh, just some moth. There's an infinite number of disposable moths in Star Wars. Don't worry about it. Some kind of moth. It's just some moth. The moth man. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's moth man Dan. We don't know what he's in charge of or which moth he is. He's just the moth. Uh, the moth. Maybe he's not even a moth. That's just his nickname. Yeah. Hey, I'm the moth. <laughs> moth in the morning. I'm Riff Ricky the Moth Gaspioni. <laughs> ah, well, you're here with Rancor and the moth. <laughs> All right, we got topless ladies coming in later, but in the meantime, here's some zep. <laughs> Both of us have this voice. Yeah, that's it. Rancor in the moth in the morning, and that that is that is who he is meeting with. <laughs> he has to give his monthly bribe to the people who host the local radio station. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so Luke and the boys run into some guards and blast them. This is just another subchapter where this happens. D don't you fret, because if uh, you were worried that there weren't enough subchapters where it's one paragraph of, and then guards show up and they are killed, ooh, baby, you're going to get that. This one makes mention of the fact that the guards are pretty good, but they're only fighting for money, where Luke and his friends are fighting for their lives. I feel like as soon as the guards see any other guard die, that's not true anymore, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, they're just fighting for money. I'm like, no, the second you, you show one. up and the fire and people are firing back at you, you are now fighting for your life as well. Yeah, you're not like, uh, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bird with a blaster. <laughs> it's a living. This place is full of blaster birds. <laughs> Fucking blaster birds. <laughs> so, so basically they describe the guards as moderately competent, which means they're like the red guards that know to walk back and forth on the platforms instead of just charge at you and fall off the platforms. Well. 
So uh, so that's happening. Uh, Leia has one of, I think, three super micro sub-chapters right here where she just goes, Leia has a feeling that something is happening. She readies herself. Yeah, that happens three times and is just a sentence of, ooh, Leia realizes someone's here. Time to get ready. And then, during the most recent guard fight, Luke gets his first phone call. And this is the first of, oh, God, the subplot in this chapter of What's Up With 3PO? Yeah, God, that was... Fucking Steve Perry has no idea how to maintain an actual climax to his story. Because this raid where it's like, we're going level by level and we're constantly fighting and Leia's getting ready to get out and uh, Shizor might realize what's going on at any moment and so on and so on. But then they just keep cutting to... 3PO calling, and he's like, oh, Master Luke, oh, there are people here, oh, goodness, oh, my. And that's all this one is. It's just it's just 3PO calling to be like, oh, Master Luke, there are armed men approaching the Millennium Falcon. And and he's and Luke's like, all right, we already talked about what to do with that situation. Uh, you pilot the ship, take off, and stay under the, the altitude of radar, which, let's face it, is dumb. There's no part of Coruscant you can just hide in. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you're flying low enough that radar isn't getting you, then you're aggravating people who are on the on the ground. Well, at that point, you're just like, hey, fly like you are part of the regular air traffic of Coruscant. Yeah, which you know, three PO can't do because he's a bumbling weirdo of a pilot, yeah. as you would expect. So he basically orders, uh, <laughs> he orders him to take off, and immediately we get descriptions of him basically fighting with R two D two. Uh, just sort of, as the I guess the Millennium Falcon just sort of artlessly wobbles around in the air with all of the piloting acumen that we have normally come to associate with 3PO. Yes. Uh, so that that's what's happening with them. Uh, and then Leia starts working on her disguise. Well, she puts her her old bounty hunter outfit on. Right. That's what's happening. She gets her Boosh the bounty hunter outfit back on. But it doesn't say that. It just says that. And then Leia, sensing that trouble is near, begins preparing her disguise. Yeah. And then, and this is my favorite thing that she does, although we're not quite to it yet, so I'm sorry, wrong spot. Uh, so now Guri is, is back in Shizor's office, helping him dismiss them off and being like, I think these guys are worse than we thought. They, they've actually, like, murdered several, well, the two teams that I sent down there also haven't checked in yet. Yeah, so at this point, Shizor is starting to get a little worried, and he still is like, I have no idea who this could be. It's Luke, you dumb shit. Remember Chewbacca escaped like a week ago? Remember? Like, so you could draw Luke here? Remember how proud you were? You remember? Yeah, he has no memory. I mean, he has the actual mental acumen that one normally comes to associate with real lizards. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the fact that this entire time he's just like, huh, I wonder what's going on down there. I'm like, <laughs> what do you think is down there if it's not Luke? It's like, Luke. What the fuck? Who do you think is here? So anyway, all he really does in this situation is he, he's like, "All right, Gurry, here's the job. Put the put the station on or put the building on high alert." He says, "Yeah." And then go get Leia and bring her to my strong room. My strong room. Now let's let's be clear. I'm not sure if the strong room is different than the other uh, Shizor rooms we've heard about throughout the course of this book. So I don't know if this is his innermost chamber, his most withdrawn room, his private sanctum. I don't know which one of those it is. We've heard all of those. No, this is his strong room. I like to think that every one of Shizor's rooms has a name like that. Yeah, obviously. Like, you know, even when his like grandma comes to visit, he's just like, ah, yes, grandma, you'll be staying in my innermost sanctorium where secrets dare not dwell. <laughs> I've chosen it for you because it has a mini fridge for your diabetes medicine. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, just let's get more examples of the fact that Gurry is clearly just running this shit. Yes. Because he's just up there walking around in a robe that reveals his bulge and naming his rooms nerd things. Yeah, and this is again, he's like, Gurry, do this nonsense. And she's like, yeah, I already did it. Well, in this case, she hasn't already gone to get Leia, but the building is already on high alert. Yeah. So she takes off to go get Leia, and we cut to Leia, and Leia is preparing a trap in her room. And I've itemized her trap. And her trap's itemizing, itemization is, first, she will pull a chair over near the door to her room. Second, she will stand on the chair and wait. Third, when someone opens the door to her room, she will wait for them to walk in, and then she will hit them with that bounty hunter helmet. Yep. And then she'll run away. What is the chair for? Is she afraid a giraffe is going to come in and get her? Well, it's so she's high up so she can hit them on the top of the head. I, but she can do that from the ground. She's not short. Well, it, okay, if you try and swing a helmet at someone's head and you're shorter than they are, when they walk through that door, you're going to be swinging up towards them rather than down. I guess that's fair. It just it feels like when the door opens, you're going to see the chair legs and be like, oh, someone's standing on a chair in here. Nah, man, you're going to open it up because she's to the side of the door. Yeah, but it's a Star Wars door. It's one of those doors where the thing just disappears. It doesn't open and now she's behind it. No, it's to the side. Oh, okay, sure. So you can't see it when you come in. Mm. So Guri, though, is the one who falls for this, which is amazing. Because Guri should be like, I hear a human standing on a chair adjacent to the door. Well, the fact that Guri falls for this and it works is... Dumb? It Well, it's just one thing... Out of this chapter where Guri gets clowned on, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Because Leia hits Guri on the back of the head with a helmet, and it does anything. Yes. Like, from what we have seen of her ability to just be like, oh, I can break Dura steel with my bare hands, and I can, like, kick through a wall or whatever. Also, some dude managed to punch her a while back in one of the other chapters and did nothing, and the guy recoiled because his hand hurt. Yeah. So... <laughs> A, I mean, granted, Leia's, you know, badass, but she is still a fairly small person. Yeah. Hits you on the back of the head with a, a helmet. A plastic helmet. It's not like she had a sledgehammer. It's a helmet hits you in the back of the head, and this causes Guri to lose her balance. And fall briefly. down. She falls down, and at least she doesn't fall into poo-poo. At least she falls into thick pile carpeting. But and then and Leia jumps off the chair and escapes. I'm like, no. No, what happens with this plan is... You hit Guri in the back of the head with your helmet. Nothing happens. She turns around, grabs you by the throat, and drags you away. I know. But we need to let Leia escape. So instead, what happens is she bonks Guri, who falls down, and then she walks around past Guri and presses the closed door button from the outside, and Guri immediately starts punching her way through the door like it was made of plastic. Yes. So uh, so that's what's happening with her. Uh, meanwhile, Luke and the boys. Ah, oh, Luke and the boys. They're just running around shooting shit with lights, uh, with uh, blasters and lightsabers. And Perry has run out of ways to describe the blasters as shooting hot light or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's no more like, it spits hot light. Hot, sizzling death impacts against the wall with an ozone smell. Because in this subchapter, he finally resorts to Dash's blaster fired. Zap, zap, zap. <laughs> zap, zap, zap goes the blaster. <laughs> pew, pew, pew goes his gun. The gun of the jerk goes zap, zap, zap. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking zap, zap, zap. <laughs> he just ran out and he's resorting to simple onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Freeze police. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, bang with the blaster. Also, I Chewbacca made a noise. <laughs> it was a half gargle and... Then he st- kept hanging around with the boys. Good job. That's the song. Good job. Thank you. 
and then also during this scene, a guard tries to run away from them, and Chewie spikes him? Spikes him. Straight picks him up and spikes him like a football. I think spikes him is the interpretation of uh, Steve Perry is that a bowcaster fires arrows. <laughs> uh, because it says that it, 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 Chewie spikes him, and he falls where he's running, and then slides two meters and smacks into a wall. Well, the we've decided that the... Uh, blasters have an impact when they hit you, and bowcasters have way bigger of an impact. That is true. They are. It's it basically just a huge blaster. It doesn't shoot a bolt. It shoots a huge blast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's Chewie spikes the guard, and he f- goes flying into a wall. So anyway, that's a thing that happens. Uh, and uh, yeah. So at this point, uh, Luke and the boys. God, this is chapter thirty-seven. Still, this is the fifth. Uh, Luke and the boys. That the, them Luke boys is in a heap of trouble. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, they blast some guards and come across a door that is magnetically sealed. Oh no! And Luke's like, "Hey, remember these? Remember this from the trash compactor and the Dianoga and all that? You can't shoot a blaster at it, or it'll uh, it'll just shoot back at you. That's magnetic sealing. Yeah, it's magnetically sealed. So if you shoot a blaster, it just bounces around. Anyway, I wonder if it works on lightsabers, and it does. And that's the end of this subchapter. Yeah, I love that it was." I wonder if my lightsaber work will work on it, and indeed it did. Moving on. Yeah, moving on, Luke gets another phone call from Laurel and R2-D2, Ugh. and they are just goofily flying their way th- across Coruscant. Oh no, we're upside down, you you festering rust bucket. Uh-huh. Beep boop boop woo. That's, you, so just at any given time, this could be starting to get tense and interesting, and we'll get a phone call from, from uh, 3PO and R2-D2 who are flying around upside down and smacking space fruit carts and things. Oh, yeah, they're definitely flying around, and then two guys with a floating uh, <laughs> glass panel, and they fly <laughs> through it, and they're like, oh, no, <laughs> terribly sorry, and well, one of them throws his hat on the ground and stomps on it. Oh, yeah, they hit, <laughs> like, crates of space chickens. <laughs> Millennium Falcon! They, they're yelling at them. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what's happening. It's not really, I mean, surprisingly, Luke listens to this for a long time before he hangs up. It's like a page and a half of of, Lan- of uh, 3PO just being like, oh, Artu, you, you malefluent pile of tin. Oh, I, I have half a mind. Oh, if the ship wasn't upside down, I'd smack you across the, 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 the laser plate. <laughs> and Luke's like, mm-hmm, I have time for this. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, this uh, is. Uh, th- hmm. That's great. I'm not in a fight for my life. This is, is cool. Is there an intermission to this two-act show where I, where we can stop doing R2-D2 and C-3PO are dead and I can get back to doing my thing. <laughs> so so um, Guri manages to punch her way through Leia's door and she goes running right to Shizor. Yes. And she's like, she doesn't waste any time with it. She's like, uh, she managed to overpower me and get away. And Shizor says, blast. <laughs> it's funny because he says blast and then he composes himself. Yeah, man, again, <laughs> for as much as fucking Shizor's like, oh, the Faleen are more reptilian and cooler and we don't do whatever. I'm like, you are constantly emotionally reacting to everything, you giant baby. For the third time in a row, he wonders if his plan to, to attract Luke Skywalker to his castle has inadvertently attracted Luke Skywalker to his castle. Jesus fucking Christ. He's worried that that might be the case, so he goes to his desk and presses a secret button that causes a little panel to slide open, revealing a sleek and highly powered blaster. Uh, I wonder if that's different. Did he actually have to press a button for this one, or did he just wave his foot around underneath the desk again? Let me also say, this is a point where we get the uh, the full uh, like video cameras and go find whoever's doing whatever scene. Mm-hmm. They hadn't done this until now. Like, yeah, they hadn't in- thought to try that. 
like they have a full security system where they've got cameras on every floor and mm-hmm. they can even say uh security system please show me anyone that isn't wearing a Shizor uh transportation outfit and it will do that for them mm-hmm. and this is the first time he tries and, this, and it takes until now for him to be like i wonder if i should do this what i want to know is it says and the quote is he he draws a, a a or he opens a panel revealing a sleek and highly powered blaster so is that two blasters does does he have two blasters down there like 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 named sleeky and high power bert <laughs> High Power Bert. Yeah, High Power Bert. It's uh, a new character. That's high Power Bert. Re- <laughs> I'm a Power Bert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I bet you always wondered which one of us was the Power Bert, and of course it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I like collecting paper clips and really giving it to Ernie. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a Power Bert. Is <laughs> I want that T-shirt now. <laughs> Rubber Dicky, you're the one. You make ass play so much fun. <laughs> well, uh, that that took a weird turn. No, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh man, Our, we'll never know if it's one or two blasters. Uh, now the Luke boys are another yet again in a heap of trouble as they have come across a part of the building where there are actually cameras. Oh no! Luckily, Lando immediately overcomes this by just pointing out that if you shoot at a panel, it t- turns off the cameras and all of the cameras for the floor. Uh huh. Like this is very video game where he's like, "Oh look, there's a glowing panel, and if you shoot at it, it turns off the cameras." Yeah. So the first, the, fr- the very first time they do this, they shoot out a camera, and then they hear noise on the other side of a door, and everyone raises their guns to shoot. But Luke's like, "No, wait, don't!" And then the door opens, and it's Leia. Oh boy! How did he know? Oh right, the Force. Oh, yeah, the Force. It was the Force. Duh. Duh. <laughs> so now they're all happy. I mean, that also must be how Leia knew exactly where to find them as well, is the Force, because yeah, the she's force. like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to this floor. I mean, ultimately, Leia has the whole time been been uh, using the Force. She's like, Luke's in the building. I better put on my costume. Now, once again, I would like to say this whole building has been shown to be like, oh, there's guards at literally every door. It's 102 it's, stories. It's ridiculously... Uh, locked down. Leia, without a weapon, who managed to overpower Guri, even after that, you're like, oh, you get to an elevator and there are two guards standing there. What the fuck do you do? You know, it's got that, that guy with the black metal teeth is probably just standing there. <laughs> nah, man. He got wrecked by Chewie. Yeah, Chewie wrecked him up real good. I forgot. He got really wrecked. He got wrecked. He got ruined by Chewie, who had to be staying in the garage with the dangle ham at the time. Yeah. So that guy probably came in to give him some more Chewbacca water and he was like, ah, he just busted him up. So, okay, I forgot that that happened. You're right. Yeah. All right, so anyway, she manages to make it down like 70 or 80 floors of this building by herself, dressed as a weird bounty hunter. And no one stopped her. And there's just no question or story. She immediately reunites with them, gives Luke a quick hug, and then because she's Leia, she has to start ripping on them for smelling bad. Yeah. Like, wow, you guys smell like poop. And here's she doesn't say poop, though, because that doesn't insult an alien or person of color. Yeah. Instead, she says, you smell like that food that Lando made us that one time. (laughs) Ha! Uh, she can't not say something racist in the se- in, in her sentences. That would be crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's not racist to insult Lando's cooking, but at least she manages to hurt the feelings of a person of color really quick. Well, it's mostly just, hey, you're my friend and you're here to save me. Remember when you made shitty food? You smell like that, you <laughs> piece of garbage. How dare you rescue me? Princess Leia, by the way. Princess Leia. When you rescue me, I expect tops and tails. 
We talked about this when you rescued me on the Death Star, Luke. Remember I was really mad at you because you guys were dressed like stormtroopers? I am not having this. Ugh. And you brought that weird dog. <laughs> well, he's just going to follow me everywhere. <laughs> I told you to leave him in the kennel. <laughs> you know, Dangleham's kennel. I Look, I told you if you just tell him, go to your crate, he'll go in the crate. <laughs> So, yeah, she just has to immediately insult them for smelling bad. Uh, and uh, this is all interrupted because Harpio and Groucho D2 call. Ugh. And uh, there's sky, they're just cavalcade of sky errors and goof-off foofoffery continues. Yep. They're just goofing their way through the sky. It is assumed to be hilarious. Luke just gives them the coordinates of where to go again and we're done. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Uh, Guri tells Shizor, hey, would you like me to sound the general... Oh, this is chapter 38, by the way. We're moving yeah, up. now we're finally moving along. Yeah, chapter 38. Guri turns to Shizor and says, sir, would you like me to sound the general alarm? Now, Shizor says, no, that would look bad. Yeah, I don't want to lose face. Yeah, well, think of the neighbors. I have to see Kathy every Christmas. <laughs> you know, the owner of the other 102-story building next door. Yeah. And I do not want to have a discussion with her about that time I sounded the general alarm. Here's the question I have. Last chapter, he put the building on high alert. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, I have to imagine that sounds like high alert is internal lights, I suppose, turn red. And <laughs> it's just, it's he just red alert. It's just red alert on Star Trek. All yeah. the lights turn red. He just he does red alert, and then everyone gets a little like buzz on their comm that's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, be on alert. But if he sounds the alarm, then like alarms go off. I don't understand what that would do for you. Every, but, uh, it's just a bunch of guards sitting in a room and the lights all turn red. Ah, okay, remember your training, gentlemen. Pretend the building is shaking every once in a while and one of you jump and fall down. Oh. Especially when you see sparks coming out of the terminals. <laughs> <laughs> remember to all go the same way when we shake. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Where are we being hit from? <laughs> you, do a somersault over that console. Yes, Whoa. sir. <laughs> Anyway, he doesn't want the building put on high alert because think of the neighbors. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then he, he says, no, don't put us on on, uh, on general alarm. Instead, I want you to call my men and tell them to kill the intruders. <laughs> oh, no wonder that hasn't been done yet. He forgot to tell them to. Yeah, oh, we sent guards down there, but they were just told, I don't know, fire in the general direction. Don't kill them, though. Make sure they're not slow dancing too close. <laughs> Make sure that they're saving room for Jesus when they when they slow dance down there. Yeah. What what were you sending soldiers and armed guards down there for before? Oh my God, <laughs> Shizor is so bad at this. I mean, for the rest of the book, we've had that that niggling feeling of like Shizor is probably really bad at running this business and being a gangster, but these chapters really drive it home that he has no idea what he is doing. So they're running along looking for Luke and and the boys. Oh, and the and the woman now. Uh, and they come to an old-fashioned teletype keypad, as it's described in the book, that Guri starts typing on. Yeah, this I, isn't one of those, like, uh, new laser-touch <laughs> super ones. It's ones that actually have keys instead of, like, the uh, like you're touching a screen. But everything has keys. It's Star Wars, all the technology looks like it's from 1977. No, man, because all of the, like, oh, this is the control panel. It's all that Star Trek style where it's just completely flat. Like buttons and lights. That I mean, you there's press. literally a scene in, in uh, let's see, it's in, in uh, Jedi or Empire Strikes Back where you see guys using like permanent markers to draw on a glass wall. Yeah. So that's the sort of technology we expect from these guys. Well, I mean, there's there's always times where you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, to me, it seems like Gurry sending a telegram. But anyway, moving forward, they figure it out by looking at each floor. 
and being like, all right, show me floor 14. I can't. The cameras have been shot. 15. I can't. The cameras have been shot. And eventually, Mr. Sherlock Holmes himself, Shizor, goes, they're on floor 17 because floor 18's cameras are still working. Yeah, there's no one on 18, and the, the cameras still work, but 17 doesn't have working cameras. They're on 17. And Guri, I guess, has to be like, that's an impressive deduction, instead of, duh, stupid. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Great, thanks. Uh-huh, great. Hey, that's so smart. I'm going to give you some extra moon glow this week. Oh, uh, good and for I'll, you. We're going to have a pizza party, and you get a gold star. <laughs> you get a gold star in your notebook, and I'm going to send you a really weird hooker. <laughs> Uh, You're not going to know which end of this thing is the front. That's how weird. (laughs) (laughs) And fucking Shizor's big thing is, oh, now that we know where they are, it's just us. No guards, just me and Guri, we're going to go take them on. Yes, he says, we're going to go do it. To which Guri replies, sir, you can't go down there. You're in charge and it's too dangerous. And he says, I'll decide what's too dangerous. Besides, I will not be embarrassed in my own castle. Because last year, remember when Judy showed up and she wore the same thing as me? Uh, Remember when Judy showed up and she was just showing off her bulge? (laughs) Judy came through the house and remember she pointed out that my candles weren't from the south of France and that actually I just got them at Walmart and they were Glade candles. I won't have that happen again, Guri. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so he goes off to intercept Luke with his sleek and high-powered blaster. Yes. Leia basically starts asking what the plan is as her and Dash and Lando and Chewie are running along. Uh, The plan is basically get to a platform because that one platform up on the 50th floor is where the Millennium Falcon will show up. Yeah. She spends a good page and a half being mad that that, uh, 3PO is flying the ship. Which, okay, if you were rescuing Lando or Han, I could see Mm -hmm. being like, oh, our plan was to have 3PO fly the ship. They'd be like... What the fuck did you just say to me? Mm-hmm. How dare you have this droid fly my ship? But the fact that Leia is like that, I'm like, what do you give a shit? Well, she's mad because she thinks he'll fail at it. She's like, that's stupid. Your plan is stupid. And you smell like poop. And you brought the dog. <laughs> I hate this plan. Uh, I should have oh. stayed with Shizor. He's rich and he smells like funky candles from the south of France. <laughs> and, he's, and he smells like sex stink. <laughs> from the south of France. Yeah. Well, south of France <laughs> smells like sex stink a lot. So I, I, I but uh, so basically she's just sort of grumbling at them because they're having 3PO fly. And then she's at least a little happy because someone gave her a blaster. Yeah, great. She's just like, yay, a blaster. And she's like, I'm, I could use this blaster because I'm not getting captured again because she's or he may be charming and handsome, but he's a scary monster underneath. I'm like, what part of him, once you get past the rapist part, is the handsome and sc- charming part? Yep. Which is it? Is it the part where he stalks around his house in a loose-fitting robe that shows his dick, and he keeps calling everything a sanctum? Is that the sexy part? Yeah, he's so charming when he, I don't know, steeples his fingers and talks about how cold-blooded he is. Yeah, he's basically a big, gross reptile pretending to be Trent Reznor in a building. <laughs> it's it, Trent Reznor's sexy because he's Trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah, this is this is basically like uh, that that programmer from Grandma's Boy. <laughs> Well, we've already established that Shizor is basically Notch. Yeah, this is straight up. He's just like, oh, Shizor is is that programmer guy from Grandma's Boy that wears a black trench coat and uh, tries to be cool, and then anytime something goes wrong, he just talks to himself in a robot voice. <laughs> yep. That's, his chair isn't actually programmed. It's just that's him. him. <laughs> I love the, by the way, I love the idea that in the previous subchapter, he had to run over and press buttons on his desk to get his desk to open up and give him a gun. We've already established you can wave your foot around near it to cause things to happen, and you can just talk to it. 
Yep. Like, how many interfaces does his desk need? Uh, at least four. There's got to be at least one there's, more, right? There's like, a dick slot where he can fuck his desk for something. <laughs> it sharpens pencils. He has to be really careful which hole to use. Yeah. <laughs> He's got one sharpened pencil hole and one dick hole, and it sharpens his dick. <laughs> That's a, a measure of us, Faline. We're cold, reptilian, and we have sharp dicks. <laughs> the sharp-dicked Faline. <laughs> we are in a cultural war against the soft-dicked Faline. <laughs> They have nub-like dickheads. Uh, yub nub-like dickheads. Anyway, Shizor resolves to encounter them and ambush them on the 20th floor. Him and Guri go down there and get set up. Meanwhile, Dash announces that they're at the 20th floor, and that they, the staircase only goes that high, and they'll have to leave and find another staircase. Looks like we'll have to get out here. It looks like it's time for the shootout at high noon at Mega Mountain. Good. Great. So Shizor gets the first shot, because he spots them. And he takes a second as he's looking at them to size up who's who. And this is an interesting scene because he recognizes Skywalker. He knows that the dark-skinned one must be Lando. He sees Chewbacca again. And then he goes, also, I don't know who, who that guy is, to Dash. Yeah, and then Dash renders there and he's like, also, some other guy. I don't know who that guy is. I'm like, yes, you do. You've been directly involved in several plans that had him in them. He's the guy that killed your swoop gang. He fucked up your swoop gang. He was there when they stole the plans that you wanted them to steal for the fucking uh, second Death Star. He's been bumming around on the casino planet at Rhodia that you have under heavy surveillance. You know who he is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Shizor, why are you so bad at everything? What happened to your intelligence organization where there's a big Dash Rendar-shaped hole in it? <laughs> so, uh. but anyway, he gets the first shot, which, uh, this is uh, my favorite dramatic confrontation between the hero of the piece and the villain of the piece ever because he gets the first shot fires a blaster bolt which luke deflects he fires another blaster bolt which luke deflects and then Shizor basically turns into a kid who's losing in a water balloon fight yeah he's, he's like, like oh, oh no fair no fair uh. i was supposed to be able to just shoot you but my gun does infinity million damage and has a shield that protects against jedi Ugh. So, you know, while he's standing there being petulant about it, his big sister comes to the rescue as Guri throws a fucking chair at Luke. Yeah, he, she's like, oh, we're straight going to have this shit pop off. I'm throwing a chair. <laughs> it's on. It's on like Maury. <laughs> so she hucks a metal chair at Luke. And then this is one of my favorite sequences of events. Luke has, ah, oh God, like a minute of time before the chair hits him because he's like, huh, a chair. I can't block the chair because if, if I, I cut the chair in half then I won't be blocking those blaster bolts. Yeah, I could only deflect blasters if I'm not cutting a chair in half. And also, I should warn everyone. So he turns around, everyone, get out of the way. A chair is rapidly approaching us, which prompts Chewbacca, instead of getting out of the way, to step out from around the corner and shoot the chair with a bowcaster, causing it to explode. This allows Luke to time to deflect blaster shots from Shizor. Thank goodness for the time of this fastly thrown chair. Also, do you think he even could deflect a chair? Or could he cut a chair in half and get hit by a hot fragment chair? <laughs> he would cut the chair in half, and what would happen is the two sides of the chair would fall to either side of him. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's just good narrative fighting convention. Yeah, it's... it's, it's it wouldn't just be that he would hit by, be hit by a chair that's been cut in half, and now it's got glowy metal sharp bits on it. No, it would be like when someone cuts like an arrow in half that's being shot at them, yeah. and it splits off instead of just being two pieces of an arrow hit you. <laughs> so... Guri's got a brilliant idea here, which is a Jedi can can uh, dispatch little laser bolts, but can he de like deflect a giant fuck off chair? Yeah, like here here is instead of a bolt that you can blast back at someone, a actual huge kinetic object. But ultimately, nothing really happens. It, it, it's just it's just weird to me because he has to stop and think, huh? 
I can't take a second to block a chair because that leaves me open to Shizor. And I'm like, bitch, you block blaster bolts from multiple blasters all the time. <laughs> yeah, but he would have to like raise his lightsaber up and then cut down on that chair. And while he's doing that, he'd get shot. I guess. It just seems like all the time he's like, oh, man, lots of blasters are shooting at me. That's fine. I'll just whirl this thing around. Yeah, I got this. I could probably sidestep that chair if I have time to think about it. That said, good on Guri for doing this. But once the chair doesn't work, Shizor decides to just run. Yeah, it was, I was going to come down here and try and just assassinate a dude. That didn't work. Now it's time to leave and send actual guards. And as he's running, he literally starts whining about how the blaster doesn't, his blaster won't work on Luke because Luke has a lightsaber. Yeah. He's like, that's a neat trick. That seems a little unfair. Uh, <laughs> It's like, yeah, dude, you invited a Jedi to your house. Like, fucking, you know that it's Vader's son. You are aware of that. Yeah, he's the one person who knows. And you also should have extensive, ridiculous files on Vader, which means you know that a motherfucker with the Force can block blaster bolts with a lightsaber. But you were like, well, I'm a good shot, so I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get him. Uh... Unlike all the, I, I guess I hire my guards outside of a Home Depot because none of them can hit anything. Yeah, this is the worst Fucking every time we cut to Shizor in this chapters, it is just him being like, I've become the biggest idiot. Yeah. Well, anyway, Guri orders in more guards. So like a dozen guards come running in. And unfortunately, they're not smart enough to win by just throwing a lot of chairs. So instead, they all haul out blaster rifles, which Luke easily deflects. I uh, At this point, I'm also wondering, why does this uh, giant fortress palace that this guy have not have a locks like a like just just lock a door i don't understand why he wasn't like hey uh they're on the 17th floor okay flood it with toxic gas yeah like you could you could be like uh shut down the elevator so they have to take the stairs which they were doing and then flood the stairwell with just nonsense yeah put toxic gas in there another question speaking of toxic gas how come uh how come when Shizork shows up to fight them directly, he doesn't fill the room with his farticulate sex matter? <laughs> Cuz it doesn't matter. It's only it would only work on Leia and he's already sh- seen that I it mean, doesn't work. Uh, uh, is the gas really that sexist? Are we saying it wouldn't even like briefly distract a male opponent? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Like that's how sexist this this species is. Are there gay phalene? Are they just cursed with shitty gas? Well, that's how you know you're a gay phalene. Oh, you're is gas- when you use your sex stink and other dudes are like Huh. Hey there. And Ooh. you're like, well, I'm not into that. And you're like, oh, no, I am cursed but with the But that's wrong... what I have to do. <laughs> I'm a transphalian because of biology. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that's the only thing that could work. So anyway, yeah, I guess that's why he can't use his sex gas. Yep. What if it worked on one of them? What if Dash turned out to be into phalene dudes? Well, it doesn't work on, like, even if Dash was into dudes, it wouldn't work on dudes. Oh, okay. That's fine. Fair enough. All right. I mean, it just could be that Dash was inadvertently born with lady phalene receptors. Yeah. You don't know. There's no way to know. <laughs> yes, that he, is it, true. He should always I be- I don't know yeah. about Dash Rendar's phalene sex stinks receptors. Yeah. He should be trying. It doesn't hurt to try, uh, <laughs> It doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> uh. So, all right. They run, and they manage to chase Luke and the boys and uh, Leia into an office build- like room. Yeah, there's like enough a, blaster fire on either side of them that they're like, oh shit, we're so, getting fucked up. So they retreat to a little office room where they're all, Leia basically goes, I don't think we have any ideas left. And Lando goes, well, I've got one. And he hauls out three thermal detonators, at which point 
everyone turns into Wikipedia for about five minutes. Yeah, it's like, I have got these thermal detonators. A thermal detonator? What's that? Well, let me tell you, says Dash, pulling down a handy chart from a wall nearby. A thermodetonator, or thermonuclear small detonation device, is a miniature nuke. It will level up roughly a city block or take a huge chunk out of this building. They come in, in two varieties, and uh, the variety we have are Class A's, or exceptionally powerful ones. Now, there are two firing pin mechanisms to the standard Class A thermal detonator. The dead man switch, uh, under which someone who is holding one would blow up if they were to release the pressure on the thermal detonator that they're holding on purpose. Or a timer mechanism. The timer for a thermal detonator can be set to up to five minutes. And then once it's set, it cannot be undone. Which, at the whole time... There are dudes trying to shoot their way in, and they are just in some office. Yep, they're just sitting in some room having a discussion about what a thermal detonator is. At which point, you know, Lando goes, and I have three of the thermal detonators. And Leia, who has been handed one for examination, says, okay, I will keep this one. To which, and this is my favorite sentence in this book for quite a long time, all the males exchange a worried glance. (sighs) Given that Leia is the only female... It could have just said everyone else exchanges a worried glance because they're like, oh shit, someone just took a thermal detonator. She's but super no. stressed or whatever. Maybe she's crazy enough that she wants to destroy the building because she's been a rape dungeon slave for a long time. Yeah, but that, no, that kind it's of thing. specifically that they were like, we have to point out that it's the males who do this. So it's the reason it's worrisome is because it's a lady who's got one of these. Yes, they're all worried for a second because Princess Leia, the hero of the motherfucking Rebel Alliance, gets her hands on a weapon. But she's got a vagina. Who knows what she'll do? Oh, gosh, it's crazy. Oh, Leia, don't cram that in there. It's not a good place for it to go. Oh, oh no, Leia, don't tie a string to that and put it up your hoo-ha. Oh, oh no, Leia. Oh, guys, guys, she's treating the thermal detonator like it's her baby. She's gone thermal detonator baby crazy, you guys. Uh, what what is happening? Why are they? This is the most fucking ridiculous thing. She outranks all of you. Let her have the goddamn grenade. <laughs> also, let me just real quick. The fact that they do get into this Wikipedia on thermal detonators was interesting to me because I always thought a thermal detonator was like straight up a regular grenade. I always thought it was a heat thing. That if it goes off, because it's a thermal, like thermal apparently is short for thermal nuclear, which is not a word. Um, it's thermonuclear. It's not, and it's not a thermodetonator. No, it is a thermal detonator. I always thought it filled a room with heat, like plasma heat for a second and cooked everything in there. Yeah, I was figuring, okay, this uh, this is a little it's explosion a thing. It's a yeah. You know, it's a small ball, but it'll do like, like you said, just maybe some sort of plasma explosion that does super heat in a in an area. No, nope, I, I was figuring maybe bigger than a grenade, but still just sort of a regular bomb. Nope, they are nuclear weapons. Okay, and then I thought, man, Lando got three of these. How easy is it to get these? And if it's that easy to get them, and you're basically talking about a small nuke that's the size of a ball, how is all of the Empire shit, not just rubble right yeah, now. Yeah, you'd think a, a ball small enough that you could fit it into a soda can would be a particularly dangerous weapon for the for the Rebels. Well, especially for, like, terrorist organizations, because with the Rebels, you're like, oh, we don't know where the Rebel bases are, they move around a lot, mm-hmm. but when you're an Empire, you're like, we have bases of operations, we have established areas, you could just be like, all right, I send a dude with a thermal detonator walking in there, he throws it, blows your shit the fuck up. Yeah, also, the, the question that leaves me with is, how does Leia, leader of the Re- Republic, the, uh, Re- the uh, of the Rebel Alliance, a known terrorist in the eyes of the Empire, and someone who's been doing guerrilla warfare since she was 14, not know what one of these is? Yeah. 
It's the only reason the answer to that is so that there can be a chapter in the book about them. Yep. And and the only reason there's a chapter in the book about them is to extend the page count. Yes. I guess it's to explain why Leia has a thermal detonator at the start of Return of the Jedi, as if that needed a backstory. Yeah, no, because that's what basically all expanded universe Star Wars stuff is, that's, is that's not letting really, you know what stupid shit comes from. That's not really true, because there are very few books that are set before the movies. Well, this book's unusual because it's set between two of them, but most of them are just like, what's up with Leia's fucking kids? And you're like, that is, that's not setting anything up, it's just setting up another book. Uh, um, so, but in this case... I don't remember watching Return of the Jedi and going, huh, where'd she get a grenade? Why would she possibly have that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, I feel like she's a little too, uh, you know, uh, not y chromosome to have a grenade. <laughs> Is it just me, guys? I don't understand. I just, I'm worried that maybe it's going to be that time of the month, and I just don't want someone who's, you know, unclean in the eyes of the Lord to have a grenade at a time like that. Uh, but the reason we also need to get this is because... Uh, we need to know that this grenade going off could straight up destroy this entire palace that's like 100 stories tall. Yes, it will nuke the entire building. It will 9-11 the building. Yeah, if we if we get this onto a support structure, it will fuck this shit up. Yeah, these things melt steel beams. Yes, thermal detonators melt steel beams. All right, so... <laughs> and now they have a grenade plan. So the grenade plan is that Luke will walk out with, his, with a grenade. Okay, so here's the thing. He walks out with the dead man switch pressed on the thermal detonator. Mm -hmm. He is not immediately shot and killed. No, it, well, it's because Shizor immediately notes the thermal detonator. I guess that's why they're shiny silver. I mean, this is the same thing that happened with Jabba, where they're like, ah, she's got a thermal detonator, oh no! But he doesn't even say, like, guys, I'm coming out and I've got a thermal detonator, and that's why they don't stop. Like, he walks out with it, and you'd think some guard would be like, oh, a dude came out, I'm gonna shoot him. Yeah, that's true. But they have the standard terse discussion, like, Oh, I have a thermal detonator, and it's on a dead man switch. If you shoot me, the whole building would collapse. You're going to let me walk out of here. Yeah, but you're bluffing. No, I'm not. I don't care. Nope. You can see from here that it's on the dead man switch mode. I am definitely going to blow up the whole building, and if you don't let me leave, I will let it go, and it will nuke this floor. It's a class A thermal detonator, to which there are, like, audible gasps from the guards. Oh, yeah. I love that the guards are like, Oh, shit, I gotta get away from that thing! I, I like the idea that the guards hear Class A thermal detonator and then turn around and reenact the thermal detonator conversation again. Yeah. What is a thermal detonator? Well, that's an interesting question, Jennings. You see, a thermal detonator is a small yeah, thermonuclear... No, dur <laughs> during the entire conversation that Shizor and Luke are having, in the background, two guards are having that Wikipedia conversation. One of them just pulls a chart now. There's just charts about thermal detonators everywhere in the building. It's convenient. Uh. <laughs> this question comes up an awful lot. So, basically, Shizor starts by noticing that Guri has left. He's just like, oh, where'd Guri go? That's weird. And then he, like, tries to bluff his way past this whole thermal detonator thing. Yeah, he's like, well, you won't do it. I could kill one of you. I could just shoot that guy. And it's like, that's it wouldn't be worth it, would it, Shizor? Because if you shot him, everyone would die. He would die still, but so would you. Yeah. So, you know, Shizor eventually is like, fine, I, I guess you can leave. And then Lando comes out to rub some salt in it. Well, at this point, they were like, oh, we, we can leave. But Lando's like, nah, that ain't good enough. I'm going to take the third thermal detonator, drop it down a garbage chute with the timer going, and be like, ah, flip him the deuce and leave. Yeah, so Lando decides to, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's going to 9-11 the building. 
Yes, he is 100% 9-11 this building. Yeah, the whole building is going to get 9-11. Just, just putting that out there by Lando with a smile on his face. Oh, yeah. Lando's like, ha you dumb shits. Hey, guys, guess what can melt steel beams? Thermal detonators. And the fact that it's down in the garbage chute means it's going to, like, one of the basements so it'll blow the structure out and then everything will crumble. Yeah. So this gives everybody about five minutes to escape the building. And Shizor vows revenge and slinks into the shadows as all the guards panic and run around. Yeah, Shizor was like, oh, I should send some guys down there to find it and get rid of it. But I'm like, what are you going to do? But guards aren't. Their guards are already not listening. Yeah. They're just running around screaming. So he runs off to his own private secret elevator. Yep. While the, the rest of our team gets on a regular turbo lift and tells them 50th floor and hurry. I like yeah. the idea that the elevators have a slow mode and an oh, but you're in a hurry mode. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's the future, and button technology has finally realized that if you press it several times, you're in a hurry. It's context sensitive. It can tell how hard you're pushing. You're like, oh, this guy really wants to go. How useless would that be? Actually, almost the only one place in the world I could see that as a good idea is in an office building elevator. Because if you're like, I have to take a shit, guys, and uh, our elevator's bro- our, the one on our floor is broken, I'm going down to 16. And then when you're on your way back up, you're like, eh, I might as well ride a slow elevator if I'm on the company dime. <laughs> it's the one time. But then, of course, the company would notice. Uh, Jim uh, Jenkins, we've noticed you've taken an awful lot of slow elevator rides. Feels like you're wasting a lot of company time. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's just that I'm spending a lot of time trying to figure out what a thermal detonator is. I heard about that in school the other day. Huh. Well, Jenkins, if you look at this chart here. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> thermal detonator is short for thermonuclear explosion device. They're small and... <laughs> So, everyone's leaving. Everyone's leaving. And we finally get to chapter 39. We have two to go, folks. This is going to be a long one. Settle in. Yeah. Everyone, get comfortable. Get comfortable. We're riding this thing to the end of the line. All right. Luke and the gang take the elevator to their destination. As they leave the elevator, hundreds, if not uh, tens of hundreds, of terrified... Hundreds, if not dozens. Yeah. Probably (laughs) scores. I'm going to say scores of people. Does that sound good to you? A gross of people. That's 144. I'm all right with that, too. Uh, So a whole bunch of people push past them and shove their way into the elevator that they came out of, desperately trying to escape the building. They've all heard there's a bomb. Yeah. Now, at this point, Lando goes, ha ha, they're all going to die. They got four minutes. Ah, well, good luck, idiots. And then Luke's like, Lando, that's uh, that's a... that's fucking cold. That's cold, dude. Why? And he's like, well, they shouldn't have taken a job with Black Sun. If you're a criminal, you got to understand that the life comes with a chance of death. D- uh, Lando, you're a criminal. I mean, you literally stole this the, the Millennium Falcon in the first place. These guys aren't criminals. These are the legitimate employees of XTS, Shizor Transportation Services. Yeah. You're killing well, I, his I front think, company. I don't think you understand. Shizor's palace doesn't out front say... Black Sun criminal organization. This is the building where the people who work for his legitimate shipping uh, service actually work. You are 9-11-ing a building full of, like, accountants and people who run jobs. Marketing people and mailroom guys and stuff. This isn't even destroying the Death Star where, you you know, you had to kill a whole lot of, like, janitors and, like, kids and stuff. This is straight up, oh, I'm killing an entire building full of employees and none of them even work for the Empire. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to kill maybe a few Black Sun guards, and, you know, what we're hoping to do is get rid of uh, Shizor. But to do it, I'm perfectly content, and in fact, 
happy that I killed like 5,000 random innocent civilians. Also, not to I'm, mention four- I'm not yeah, I'm not sure if blowing up the bottom of this building is going to then cause this building to topple over and murder everyone in a nearby building that has nothing to do with Black Sun. Yeah, I mean these people tangentially work for Black Sun. They're part of its front organization. But do you think the random screaming terrified woman pushing her way past her knows that she works for an evil gangster? I mean the guy has a private secret elevator and he spends all of his time in the top floor in an innermost sanctum. He makes phone calls where he doesn't show his face cuz he's a paranoid uh, mobster. These people don't know they work for him. Even if they did, it would be like people who work for fucking like Elon Musk. And they're like, oh yeah, he's a weird eccentric billionaire or whatever. And he he has some room where he talks to his chair. I don't know. Who yeah. gives a fuck? Well, who gives a shit? My job is to make sure that this shipping lane is open so that our next company's ship will go out and our uh, cargo will get there on time. That's all I give a fuck about. I spent my day answering phone calls from concerned citizens whose, whose packages hadn't arrived on time. I'm being nuked because you're mad at a green man. I made cold calls to different companies to see if they wanted to switch shipping to XTS instead of what they were using, and now I'm dead because you're a dickbag. I'm just here to pick up my husband for lunch today. <laughs> oh, I'm dying and I have nothing to do with anything. I was taking a stroll on the street of Coruscant outside of the XTS building, and boy howdy, it sure exploded and killed me. I'm a window washer who was washing every building on this block this week. <laughs> oh, I'm dead, and it's because of Lando Calrissian. <laughs> but he's completely justified because a bad man was here. Whew! Terrorism. That's what's happening. Gleeful terrorism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, they managed to get out onto that 50th floor. Uh... <laughs> This is so mean. Uh, all right. And then Guri shows up. Oh, shit. And Guri's like, oh, big man, trying to escape. I should kill you because you did something mean to my master. And Luke's like, all right, I'll just cut you in half. Let's get all this right, done. Well, whatever. Fuck it. And, he's, and she's like, but you have a lightsaber and I don't. And he's like, okay, that, that challenge shouldn't work on me because everyone I fight doesn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. I only there's, know one. There's no guard I've cut down so far that has had a lightsaber. I only know one other guy with a lightsaber, and trust me, I need the lightsaber for him. <laughs> <laughs> if that argument worked, I would have to put this thing down every single time, lady. And she's like, anyway, I want a single hand-to-hand -hand challenge with you, and you can't have a lightsaber. And he's like, well, that's stupid, but why start doing smart things now? And that's his literal quote. Yeah. And he hooks the lightsaber and goes in to fist fight the super robot. Yeah. Now, what should be a crazy epic super fight between a budding Jedi and a super killbot turns into <laughs> Luke Skywalker straight up clowns the super robot and is like, Law, you're a dumb idiot. I go, this entire book. Like, Shizor has been wondering if, man, maybe Guri could take out Darth Vader. And even Guri's like, I need a challenge. I can take out a room full of, like, armed, practiced super soldiers and not break a sweat. And here she is fighting someone who's barely a Jedi at that mm -hmm. and gets clowned on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, if you fought Vader, he would just, like, murder you within a second. Oh, yeah, he would be like, all right, I'll put my lightsaber down, and then I'll just tear you apart with the Force. Done. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even coming over there. Oh, no. look, you fell apart. Oops. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> oh, I collapsed you into a little cube? That's great. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, basically, he just lets the Force flow through him, or whatever the sentence is, and then goes all, like, Flash. Barry Allen is a Flash, by the way. And, and, uh, yeah, and he just goes all Barry Allen. Goes all Barry Allen, who is the Flash, and just beats her instantly to death. Yeah. It's, or not to death. No, because it's... Oh, the fla the force goes through me, and now everything's so slow. Yeah. And I just, like, kick 
Guri apart. So he kicks her down, and she's lying on the ground, and he pulls his lightsaber and puts it in her face, and she's like, well, you might as well kill me. I am beaten. And he's like, well, come with us. We can reprogram you. You don't have to be an evil droid. And she's like, uh, I don't really want to be reprogrammed. And even if you did, the brain blocks in me would still be hiding a whole lot of critical black sun information, and I would be killed for escaping. Yeah. So please just kill me. Plus, if you don't kill me, I'll come after you. Yeah. And he's like, no. No more killing today. He says to a, a woman lying on her back on the 50th floor of a building that will explode in 90 seconds, killing her and everyone else on this floor and every 50 floors above it and every 50 floors below it. He says, I'm an honorable man. I will contribute no more to this violence other than the wanton massive act of terrorism I was already complicit in. Also, you're a goddamn robot. It's not like, ah, oh, no more killing this day. I shall shed no more blood. I'm like... Yo, it's a robot. It's like, a, you don't need to worry about that. It's a robo. You just killed a guard for using the phone. Yeah. you. There is earlier in this book, you chop a dude's hand off and kick him into a wall because he had the temerity to try and stop you. Yeah. I mean, this is this is ludicrous. Why didn't you do this when Benedict Vidcon went down? No, 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 guys. We're not killing him. No more killing today. No, no killing of this we'll random just, <laughs> sewer man. We'll just tie him up in the swamp or something. It's fine. In the poop. But not this, not not Guri, because she might show up later in a comic book or something. So we have to keep her alive. <sighs> Sigh. So they all make it out to their fiftieth floor platform, where uh, unfortunately R two D two and C three PO are not there yet. They're too busy flying the Millennium Falcon through a clothesline and getting a giant Millennium Falcon sized bra stuck to the front of it. Yep. <laughs> And so they're hanging around out there, freaking out and worrying because where's their ride? Meanwhile, Shizor took his super fast secret elevator, called his innermost elevator, <laughs> uh, up to the roof of the building to get into his custom Star Viper, the Virago. Yay, the Virago! Now the book never actually uses the word Star Viper, so if you know from Starfighters from a jet, from a, the Star Wars universe, uh, the book never tells you what his ships look like or, or are. But he's in his custom ship, the Virago, which he describes as the fastest ship in the sector. He has to stop for a second on an exploding building to brag to no one about how great his ship is. Did he send the Virago to go get Jabba? It's the <laughs> fastest ship. <laughs> he wouldn't fit. The Virago's only got no crew slots. Hell. And Jabba needs two. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, also, John, did you know that the word virago just means ill-tempered or merciless woman? I did not. Yeah, that's all. It's an English word. It, basically, he named his ship the bitch. <laughs> wow, he was like me playing Chrono Trigger. <laughs> the epic? That's a terrible name. How about just the bitch? How about bitch? Hi-ho, bitch! Everybody, <laughs> get on the bitch! He might. He could have also named it. There's a few other words that mean the same thing in, in near English or like ancient English, like Herodon or uh, Termagant. But no, he went with... Just the, the virago, which means the bitch. There you go. So he gets in the bitch, and he, he uh, takes off. He flies that bitch out of there. Where he is almost hit while flying away by a random Corellian freighter he's never seen or heard of before. <laughs> uh, yeah, so not only does he have a Dash Rendar-shaped hole in his intelligence, he also doesn't know what the Millennium Falcon is. He sent people to find it. He gave them a description of it and was like, yo, be on the lookout for this Corellian freighter. And he's like, whoa, whoa what is a this? Corellian freighter headed towards my building? That's weird. Herpa-derpa-doo. Who's the terrible pilot in that thing? Oh, there's a terrified hobo stuck to the back of it screaming for his life. It looks like it's been through wacky hijinks all day. I mean, it's got a it's got a huge mound of whipped cream on top with a broken section of a sign that says Pie Factory stuck to it. <laughs> what adventures has that thing been on? 
Ugh. <laughs> and, and yeah, he he flies away. Good. Uh, meanwhile, the dumb idiot droids have managed to get close enough to try to land on the uh, on the platform thing on the side of the building. And it, we need several paragraphs, three of, pages of a fucking comedy of errors of them being like almost. Oh, oh no, no, oh, oh, well, we just missed it, and let's go back. Oh, we're upside down again. Oh, gosh, I just hit the wall. Oh, oh, Master Luke, oh, oh, no, oh, oh, I've squished Lando. Oh, oh, go- oh goodness. <laughs> oh, everyone's dead. And then the ship just lands in, like, a huge dog. It shakes off all the remnants of fruit carts and watermelons and things that it took during its flight. <laughs> and they all get in, and someone kills 3PO, because Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> just the worst. So... So yeah, they, they push him out of the way, Lando and Dash get ready to go fly the ship, and they fly away from the exploding and collapsing building. Now it is important to note that while this fucking comedy of errors of the flying of the Millennium Falcon landing here was happening, Luke noted, alright, if these two idiots can't get their shit together, there are some, like, f- hover... There's hang gliders? Hang gliders yeah. on this balcony for... Ewoks. Visiting no Ewoks. It's just Ewok hang gliders hanging out in the fucking... There's always a few. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks over, and there's a couple Ewoks just making weapons. They're like, yum, 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 yum. He's like, okay, got well, it. Yep, great, yep. Great. Guys, don't look over there. <laughs> Do not make eye contact with them. They will eat you. I don't know what those are, and I won't for another movie, but... <laughs> but I know that they will kill us. <laughs> but there's these little hang glider things. He's like, oh, well, you know... If they don't get here in time, I'll put Leia on one, and then the four of us will get on the other yeah. and see if that works. What, what, but, is, is it bathrooms? Why are we putting Leia on one? Wouldn't it be better, more weight distribution to go two and three? Well, yeah, but he wants to make sure Leia's okay. Ugh. But then when they leave, he looks down, he's like, oh, one of those hang gliders is missing. You're like, oh, good. Gurry got, got away. away. Hooray. Thanks, thanks Gurry. Good job. Anyway, let's get to the last chapter, shall we? The final piece of the puzzle that the is peace shadows the resistance <laughs> the thrilling conclusion brought to you by powdered soap biscuits heavens they're not food <laughs> all right uh so she's always flying around in the virago he can't remember ever having been this angry never never ever Someone he, just straight blew up his entire palace. They took out all my stuff, and I had some really unpleasant stuff. <laughs> I had some real gross stuff in there. It's going to take me a long time to get that many talking sex toys back. Oh, man. My dumb little tree, all my super poison fruit, it's all gone. <laughs> my dangle ham collection, I got none of it. <laughs> and he's... Okay, he also only had a lot of information on servers kept there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I've lost a shitload of information. Oh, man, now I'll never know exactly who Dash Rendar is. Yeah, like, all of his information on Luke Skywalker is there. Now, uh, <laughs> at this point, he calls his skyhook the Faleen Fist, which yeah. I, I'm surprised that the Empire lets something be called the Faleen Fist in orbit around... Uh, you know, the human-dominated imperial racist planet. Yeah, well... But whatever. He calls his Skyhook, which is described as a planetoid with a base on it that is in orbit around the, uh, around Coruscant, and he says, Listen to me. A Dilemma-style saucer is heading your way. It is a light Corellian freighter, a YT-1300. It is approximately 25 meters long and has a carrying capacity of 100 tons. Also, I'm just reading the Wikipedia page directly <laughs> into this book. <laughs> Famous YT-1300 pilots include Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, Epps de Guzan, 
Epps Magoozin. I made him up at the last minute, but you know there's several more. Uh, but why is he? God why, damn it! Now I need a book about Epps Magoozin. <laughs> but okay, so so he's like, why is he telling them what a YT thirteen hundred looks like? Why is he just like, hey, a YT thirteen hundred is coming, transmitting details? Yep. Well, it's because again, Perry went and looked it up. Yeah, he was like, huh? Well, what do you know? Oh, it's dilemma shaped. That's interesting. All right. I hadn't heard. I mean, that's different from an analemma, which would be that it's like shaped like a figure eight. So I'm glad that I've learned a different word for lemma or the uh, the description of a saucer shape. <laughs> uh, so, oh man, so, geometry, guys, guys. Uh, so he's simple like, geometry. Yeah. So that ship is coming. Blow it up. Great. He says to his guys, and you know, he's like, "Hey, if you don't blow it up, you'll be fertilizer by next sunrise." At which point. His space people are like, uh, sir, sunrises are a thing you get when you're on planets. Also, we have a navy and you have a little fighter ship, so uh, fuck you. Bye. <laughs> I'm hey. kidding. Instead, they say, yes, sir. Yes, they are very afraid of this angry baby man who is coming here to be really angry. And to threaten to kill them. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and then he says over the comm channel, I've got you now, Skywalker. Yeah. Over the comms. Over the comm. And then he goes, oops, shouldn't have said that. Oops, oh, daisies. Oh, well, at least the op-chan is scrambled. The <laughs> op-chan? Yeah. The op I, You know, I like a, a nice scrambled op-chan, especially served alongside some moon glow and a little fleek eel. <laughs> man, and, every time I go on op-chan, I'm always like, man, these guys are real racist. <laughs> yeah, man, stay off op-chan. I don't care if you really like Patrick Star memes. You just stay out of there. <laughs> it's not worth it. Not worth it at all. <laughs> so... So yeah, it, uh, immediately, like immediately, the fact that he said it over the the op chan. Well, yeah, it's literally the next paragraph is Vader getting told, "Hey, we just descrambled some shit off some dude's op chan." Yeah, and he said, "I've got you now, Skywalker." And Vader was like, "Oh, fucking finally! Oh, uh, I got your dick in a vice now." <laughs> oh, here here I come, man! I'm gonna tear off your sharp dick, your weird, <laughs> your weird sharp, sharp dick. dick. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is the Falling Fist is normally what they call a dildo in the uh, in, in the Empire. So that's why when uh, Shizor was like, "Yes, I will call my my entire Skyhook the Falling Fist," everyone was like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> so, sure, buddy, you got it." So, uh, so uh, Dash, while flying the uh, the Millennium Falcon, is like, "Hey, Luke, come here and fly this for me." And he stands up, and he does the coolest dash thing he can, which is he pulls out a secret cell phone no one knew about. And he uses it to call his cool droid, Lebo. And he's like, Lebo, bring me my ship, because I don't want to fly around in this bad ship. I want to fly around in a cool ship. Hey. Yeah, and Lebo's a, a droid that knows how to fly instead of your idiot 3PO. So, And then Lebo responds with, uh, I'm sorry, sir, the master is not in at the moment. Who may I say is calling? And he goes, ha ha, my droid's a comedian. And that's the only Lebo line in the book. Yay, we get one Lebo line, mm -hmm. and it's him having his sarcasm protocols in place. Yep, so I guess Lebo's going to fly out and get him. He's going to put on a vac suit and fly away in the Outrider. He points out that he's done now, that uh, blowing up that building was enough revenge for him, and he's going to basically take his leave. Yep. Uh, you know, They're like, hey, man, why don't you uh, join up with the Rebellion? And he's like, nah, I don't give a fuck. I'm not really a joiner. You know, so he does that, and uh, that's all that that is. It was just that simple. Meanwhile, Shizor arrives at his skyhook uneventfully, according to the book. 
Great. Good. I'm glad to know uneventful things are happening in this time. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for wasting page space on telling me that. Huge space battle about to happen. Big building blowing up. Where's Guri? Oh, no. Here comes Vader. Meanwhile, in the uneventful zone. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Shazor has a T. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> fuck you. Perry, well, you do not understand what the fuck you're doing. Well, maybe it's a super important spice tea that's extremely expensive. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's only found on one planet and in, in one zone, and you can't grow it anywhere else, and that tea has a slight chance of killing your dick. and Oh, but you have to prepare it right. So at this point, uh, Dash is in his own ship, and he basically goes like, hey, Luke, uh, I'm in my own ship. And Luke's like, all right, you want to race to the jump point? And Dash says, you want me to give you a one parsec head start? Which I have to assume is just a joke about the whole parsec thing from the Kessel Run thing from like New Hope. Yeah. Uh, except that a parsec is way longer than you think it is. <laughs> the, the, the nearest star from Earth is about a parsec and a third away. Yeah. If you have to go all the way to like Proxima Centauri to be able to go to warp speed, then what is warp speed even for? <laughs> anyway, I, I guess it's just like it's a huge, it's a joke. It's just like, oh, to get like 100 yards, you need a light year's head start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, th- that happens. But then this all this fun jocularity is interrupted because random ships show up and start firing lasers at them. Oh, my. These... These weird ships that aren't the Empire are shooting at us. So Who could it be? So this is the beginning of a trend that will go all the way through Chapter 40. They're very clearly being attacked by Black Sun's unmarked smuggler ships. But none of them put it together. They're just like, who are these guys? We just escaped from a building we exploded from a guy that we know has a vast navy of spaceships. Who are these weirdos attacking us? Why would these random freighters shoot at us? This is weird. Oh, Shaggy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> don't. It's so dumb. What has happened? Why don't they know? They are so stupid. Yeah, because Steve Perry is stupid and makes all of the characters stupid. Here's another. There's two things more about that paragraph I really wanted to mention. The first one is that when the lasers are shot... Lando immediately accelerates the ship in a startling way that makes everyone fall down on board the Falcon. It is described that the ship jumps like a frightened hopperoo. Uh, yep. A hopperoo. <sighs> I don't know what that is. I guess that's... That's, uh, that's a- the s- festival where Space U2 plays at. <laughs> We're here at Hopperoo. I saw Fleek Eel open for Van Halen at Hopperoo. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then the other thing is that, uh, oh, that's right, we already talked about it. My other note is that uh, is that everyone's like, what are these guys? Yeah. Who's attacking us? And then when he yells that to the entire ship for a question, Chewbacca responds by harning. He harns. Chewbacca harns. And then nothing happens because Chewbacca harned, and no one responds to his harn, and he doesn't do anything immediately after harning, so we have no idea what that is. Well, you know. I mean, it's probably a noise. Yeah, but look, if uh, if you're a Wookiee and you're into self-harning, please seek help. Yeah, it, it's it's not you. It gets better, and, and you don't need to do that to feel alive. You don't need to harn. <laughs> don't like, harn yourself. Man, I remember when Chewbacca came home for Life Day once, and he just found teenage Lumpauru just harning as hard as he could in his room. And he was like, he was like son, you need to get a girlfriend. And he was like, I have 15 girlfriends on TV, Dad. And he was like, son, you can't just watch t- various weird TVs all throughout the house for your entire life. Grandpa does. If you harn that hard, you're going to turn into Grandpa with a weird mobile jaw. Also, all the hair on your palms will fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Quit harning, son. Get out of that bathroom. <laughs> you think I don't know what you're doing in there? Harn. I hear you harning. Harn. So, uh, yeah, Chewbacca harns. Now, 
we meet a new character. It is the commander of Shizor's Navy. We never see him, but every single subchapter, every other subchapter for the rest of this book will start with the commander of Shizor's Navy telling Shizor something. Good. So the commander notifies Shizor that the Falcon has been found and is surrounded. The voice comes out of a holoproj. It's an Opchan holoproj. <laughs> After the Opchan holoproj is done, Shizor discoms. <laughs> Uh, basically, he just says, "Hey, we found them. We're going to destroy them." And Vader's basically, or sorry, Shizor's just like, "Yes, kill them, kill them, or I'll kill you." Which you know, get used to. Yeah, it's it's just Shizor being like, "Well, uh, make sure you actually do kill them. They're very lucky." Yeah, and he's like, they need more than luck, sir. It, we're definitely going to kill them. We have them, like, super surrounded. We have, like, a billion ships. And then Shizor should just be like, well, remember that one of them very clearly blew up the Death Star. <laughs> like, Just he, remember. He blew up the Death Star by himself, and currently he is flying the ship of the only ship that helped him blow up the Death Star. <laughs> uh, so, you know, be real careful. Also, he's a Jedi, so, I mean... You can't shoot lasers at him. He just deflects them. It's completely unfair. It's such bullshit. It's bullshit, you guys. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. I could not hit him. It's bullshit. <laughs> he had a lightsaber. Hi, doggy. <laughs> he says to Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite princess. <laughs> so... Anyway, the uh, the Falcon is hit by a laser, but it doesn't do any damage. They're all flying around. Leia and Chewie have gone off to man the ventral guns. Uh, I'm sorry, the ventral and dorsal guns. Oh, yeah. gosh, that was close. Ooh, good. Uh, Leia's yelling because it's hard to hit things with the crazy way that Luke is flying, and they're all just flying around shooting and arguing over who all these weird ships could be. Oh, my God, why are these things shooting at us? Yeah, and then Leia, or, uh, Leia complains because a ship uh, shot that she took was ruined by Lando steering weird, and suddenly... Rendar shows up and flies right past him and blows up a fighter and then does a cool spin and blows up another fighter. And Lando <laughs> reflexively starts praising him. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, just watch how, how uh, Dash Rendar's doing it. That guy's awesome. That guy's great. Why can't you be great? Why can't you be like Dash Rendar? I wish he left his dick on the ship for me. <laughs> uh, I've got a fouling fist that's shaped like Dash Rendar. <laughs> Took a mold... So uh, that's that's a thing that's happening. And then, basically, we immediately check back with Shizor because the commander lets him know, Sir, they've destroyed several of our ships, but more are coming. We outnumber them 20 to 1. And Shizor responds, You have to kill them or I'll kill you. Yep. Great. More, more of that. More of that. There's five of those. Uh, they draw near in a tight hemisphere surrounding the Falcon and the, out and the Outrider. It all looks bad when suddenly Rogue Squadron shows up. Yeah. Rogue, what? Rogue Squadron's here. Wedge com comes in over the comm, and he's like, hey, guys, I thought you could use some help. And, you know, ha Luke says, hey, how did you guys get in here? We had to, like, hide and get, like, smuggle ourselves in through the picket line, and you're 12 fighters. How did you do that? Well, I mean, even if you're like, oh, we just did a really, really dangerous drop from light speed, like, right next to the planet, which you definitely shouldn't do, like, oh, yeah, we did that, and we all made it because we're super rad pilots. At that point, I go... All right, well, why aren't you just jumping to light speed yeah. from here, then? It's just dangerous. Just do it. Yeah. But, like, you know. if you're surrounded and going, oh, man, we're going to die, just fucking jump. Who cares? So, basically, Rogue Squadron shows up, and now it's two freighters, two Corellian freighters, a 1300 and a 2400, and 12 T-65 X-Wings versus 
whatever, just whatever the ships, because they never tell us what the ships that uh, the Black Sun guys are flying are. I assume they're probably Caraxes and, uh, you know, Star Vipers, maybe a couple of M3A Seeks. Maybe. Could be. Uh, but, you know, it's not like we're going to find out. No. Uh, so all these ships are now fighting, and it's crazy. And then Shizor threatens his commander again. <laughs> and then Shizor threatens his commander again. Good. Don't worry. That's just going to keep happening. Uh, but Luke starts- Vader. Vader's here, man. Very soon. First, Leia blows up one of the ships with her with her ventral gun that she's firing. And she yells, I got that one. That one was mine. And then she says, hey, who's flying these things anyway? And everyone's like, we don't know. And she says, I bet you a dollar it's Shizor's guys. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Shizor. Oh, that's that, a guy. That guy. Didn't we just meet that guy and not kill him? Didn't... <laughs> Didn't we just blow up all of his shit and he would be, like, ultra super angry at us? And he's the head of a giant criminal organization? I mean, the one thing, at least they didn't just go, duh, Leia, we all figured that out a long time ago because we have penises. <laughs> well, yeah, if you'd been thinking with your dick, maybe you'd know that. Jeez, just uh, just calm down. Put down the thermal detonator, Leia. I know how you get. <laughs> so so uh, basically, that's what happens. And then... Yeah, it's just what is that? Is it just space madness? Yes, is that what it is? Anyway, at this point, Vader's finally starting to hu- uh, hew into range. He's almost there. The executor is almost there, and also, no one seems to notice that an eleven-mile-long star destroyer is almost there. <laughs> well, here's here's my problem that I'm having with this: is this fight has been going on for a bit. Uh, we've had enough communications between Shizor and his commander where he's threatened them that you're like, okay, this has gone on for a while. Mm-hmm. None of the Imperial forces, which the Imperial forces around Coruscant would be a lot. Yes, very numerous. But it's only Vader, apparently. But none of them are like, oh, uh, there's a fucking space fight happening in lanes of traffic, is yeah. the thing. Yeah, Like, civilian traffic is where they are dogfighting in. Yeah, so and there's all these ships none of the Imperial by. people are like, uh, hey, idiots, stop what you're doing or we will kill all of you. Attention, attention, unknown ships. We're sending all, all these various, like, blockade runners and skyhook ships and all this other shit we have over there to peacekeep because we have, like, you know, the Navy equivalent or the, uh, the Coruscant equivalent of the Coast Guard. Yeah. All of our shit's en route. You are literally in the most populated Empire planet there is. We have so many goddamn ships around you. If you idiots don't stop firing, we will murder you. Yeah, you'd think that's what would be happening. Like, ion cannons fire from the surface, all that shit. But instead, no, it's apparently only Vader. He's the only Empire man in the entire neighborhood. Yeah, there's no one here but a fucking superstar destroyer. So, the uh, the executor shows up and hews into view over the horizon. Uh, meanwhile, Dash kind of points out that they're probably all going to die. And Luke's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Meh. Yeah, whatever. May the force be with us, right? Yeah, all right. So that's that's their quick, we're, we're fine if we all die conversation. Uh, and then Luke flies his best flying ever. Oh, he's so good at flying. He flies this way and that. He is all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I fed a Millennium Falcon a beer once. <laughs> uh, okay, and then we finally get to a little tiny trio of micro subchapters. Yay. The littlest and tiniest, and here they are. Uh, the commander tells Shizor that they are starting to finally win, How, ha, uh, having killed a few X-Wings. Shizor nods. <laughs> Shizor nods. <laughs> Another commander tells Vader that he is in range of the Skyhook. Uh, and then finally, Leia shoots at people. She thinks Shizor might win. Yay. Three chapters, or three sub-chapters. Yep. In and out, each one of them about a sentence long. 
uh, all of a sudden, Luke is shooting at people, but he's confused because there's also TIE fighters shooting at people? Wait a minute, why would there be TIE fighters here? Here, in orbit around Coruscant, the capital of the Empire. Weird, right? (laughs) So... So there's all these TIE Fighters all of a sudden, but thankfully the TIE Fighters are mostly shooting at the Black Sun ships. Yeah. Now, finally, Vader gets to do what he's been waiting to do the entire fucking book. He calls Vader, or sorry, calls Shizor on the phone. He's like, yo, Shizor, uh, turn yourself in. I'm going to arrest your dumb ass, and if you don't, I'm going to blow you the fuck up. I will blow up your dumb little skyhook. You have two minutes to comply. And Shizor responds with, uh, there's rebels trying to escape and I'm trying to capture them. I'm well within my rights. And also the emperor likes me and likes my smell. <laughs> and so uh, and Invader responds with, I don't care. I will, ins- I will risk the emperor's displeasure. Honestly, he's been pissed at me before. And then I just get him a Hooters gift certificate. And it's, <laughs> and it's fine. I get him some wings and some titties and the emperor is... A-OK. Copacetic. It's, uh, seriously, it's a $60 charge to me at Dave & Buster's to get outside of the Emperor's Wrath. It is that easy. I'm Look. just like, hey man, Hydro Thunder? And he's like, Hydro Thunder, yeah! I fucking love that game. Oh, do you know you can fly a secret uh, boat on it that's the Titanic? Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> I'm going to get so many tickets at Ski Ball. Yeah, and then she's was like, but, but I'm trying to get these... These terrorists and Vader's like no, no Shizor no and and finally he cracks and goes uh it's Prince Shizor <laughs> excuse me Prince Shizor he's like yo dude you can keep the Prince title I don't give a fuck I'm going to murder you yeah that's my favorite line in the whole book it's the one time anyone's legitimately cool is he goes it's Prince Shizor and Vader goes you may retain that title for two minutes <laughs> and I was like finally a cool Vader line Vader's finally like I've had it I'm, I'm done playing your stupid fucking bullshit games I am here to murder you will you please come over here and get arrested or will you make me blow up everyone in your skyhook uh, so at some point Shizor gets scared and stops responding we then cut to a little sub paragraph that's the commander begging for help he's like Shizor Shizor we don't know what to do sir five and, and meanwhile there's a countdown uh, Shizor, sir, please help us. No response. Five, four, three, two, one. Uh, the Falling Fist is destroyed by the Executor. And luckily, Luke and L- L- Lando happen to be looking at it. Yay. They watch the whole thing come apart into a shower of asteroids and bright light. To which Dash immediately says, we have to fly through that stuff. We have to get in there. We have to fly into that. Right now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And everyone's like, uh, why? Well, because the Empire is eventually going to start chasing us, so the only thing we could possibly do is fly through an insane asteroid field. Yep. All right, sure. That seems that's, that's the only thing that we've got as yeah. the Rebellion is flying into asteroid fields. But, but that's not even a real asteroid field. It's just a little wreckage cloud from, debris. Where, from like one where, where one thing blew up. It's not like that time we flew into the asteroids for Empire Strikes Back where, you know, the Star Destroyers can't go in there. The Executor can fly right through that shit. Nothing will happen. Yeah. But instead, they decide to fly through the asteroid field. And I <laughs> just want to say it as unceremoniously as it is in the book. Uh, <laughs> Dash Rendar is hit by one of the asteroids and dies. <laughs> they both go flying in there. Luke looks over, and then a thing hits <laughs> the Outrider, and it blows up. The end. <laughs> so, basically, and then Lando goes, oh my god, he's been killed. He was he was just there, and now he's gone. And then, I guess Chewbacca, like, from the back of the ship, is like, that's why he's not in Return of the Jedi. Harn. <laughs> Harn. <laughs> so, yeah, Dash Rendar just gets... Just blown up. Some asteroid, whatever. Just, just nothing. Endlessly amusing to me that the Dash Rendar uh, character in the FFG X-Wing game is immune to terrain effects. Yep. That's the one power he has, 
is that he doesn't get blown up by asteroids. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that was a joke. <laughs> I'm so happy. So, yeah, unceremoniously just wiped out of the book so they didn't have to come up with a reason for why he's not in Return of the Jedi. There you go. Everyone else escapes. Yay. And we get to the very last subparagraph of the entire book. Uh, what happens here is they are all hanging out in a hidden rebel base somewhere. Somewhere. We don't really talk about where it is. Uh, they discuss the aftermath. Uh, they they think Shizor is for sure dead, so they don't think any more uh, whatevers are going to be shot yeah, at. Yeah, no more assassins for Luke. Yeah. Now, keep in mind that Shizor is very clearly not dead, because there's two. he just goes into two minutes of radio silence at the end. That's just him getting in the Virago and leaving. Yeah. Uh, so they set it up so they can keep using him if they want to, uh, but everyone thinks he's dead. They think there are no more bounty hunters, and then Luke's like, also, I don't think Vader wants me dead. I think he wants me alive. <laughs> then, in... Oh my gosh, the dumbest and most self-indulgent thing we're going to get through to till the end of this book. Wedge comes up and says, Luke, I have a message for you. It's from the Bothans. <laughs> All of them. All the Bothans sent you this. What is it, a cake? What's that? What, what <laughs> it's is a it? giant card that says, get well soon, and they all signed it. Signed the Bothans. And Luke, who I guess is used to just getting messages from entire species of spacefaring people, is like, oh, cool, what's it say? And, and Wedge is like, oh, okay, so... You know that that uh, torpedo that like twelve chapters ago, like uh, Dash Rendar couldn't shoot down, and he got all despondent and mopey because it killed like eight Bothans. It turns out it was a super secret magic torpedo that the Empire has made out of diamond boron. So he didn't miss. It was just immune to blaster fire. He actually was the best shot of all time. <laughs> it turns out he really was the best of us. He was the very, very best at this, and he is exonerated from missing because it was a cheat torpedo. <laughs> Yeah, it's, hey, remember that one time when Dash failed and wasn't the coolest dude ever? Don't worry, he was the coolest dude Let's ever. Let's all remember Dash as he was, a man who had three huge dicks and, picked, and peed in a wide three streams so that he actually used three urinals and no one could stand next to him. <laughs> I heard motherfucker had like 30 goddamn dicks. <laughs> Dash Rendar had a wig for, his, for a wig. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's the last of this book, is him, them, them all going, aw, Dash. Remember that time he thought he missed? He didn't. The Empire was cheating with a cool new torpedo that's immune to blaster fire that we've never seen before and never will again. And, of course, this weird prototype super torpedo was on a dumb shit freighter? It was on a weird shit freighter that was a decoy trap. The whole thing was like, we want the Empire, the, the Rebels to get these plans, but we don't want it to be impossible for them so that they think it was really hard. So send our weird secret torpedo. Yeah. Great. Why? That just ensures you kill a few Bothans. You don't give a shit about the Bothans. The whole point was to leak the Death Star plans. <laughs> it's completely pointless. It's just there to make Dash Rendar's dick bigger. <laughs> so uh, so there you go. Dash was the greatest space hero of all time. And then, uh, you know, also they, they announce at the end that they know where Han is and they're going to go get him. I'm just kidding. Hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the end of the uh, core chapters of the book. Tune in next week for the epilogue. There's one more little chapter of this thing. Yeah. We're saving it for the ep for uh, a our cooldown episode. Yeah. We're all we're all going to take a moment to really reflect on what's happened here. Yeah. Just talk about our favorite and least favorite, and talk the about what Shadows of the Empire means to us on a personal yeah. level. Well, let's talk about, for example, John. One of the things I would really like to discuss in next week's episode is. Why is there a scene in this book where uh, Shizor organizes the hiring of two identical twin epicanthics martial artists 
who never show up again. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that I really want to talk about. I want to talk about whatever happened to Spiro, who they left tied up in his in his uh, flower shop in the underbelly of Coruscant. I'll, I have questions. So many questions. I have questions. All these things that and happened it's fine in this book. because I have all the answers. Perfect, and I have the answers for the things that you have questions about. Good. It's just a lucky break for both of us. And <laughs> then I've thing. got I've got a, a a supplement book for the old uh, West End Star Wars games that that fills is filled to the brim with information about dark, about uh, Black Sun and Shadows of the Empire. And we're going to announce the next book. Yeah, we're going to announce the winner of our contest. <laughs> the contest that was, what book does Jeff want to read? Because John ain't going to give a fuck. Yep. And Jeff consulted nobody. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so if you want to hear what we're doing next and hear the epilogue and a little more discussion, just tune in next week for another exciting episode of Expounded Universe. Otherwise, thanks for listening. I've been Jeff. That's been John. And uh, if you like what we do, you can always support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Uh, or you can find our website, systemmasterypodcast.com. If you stop by there, there's an ad on that site now uh, for drive through RPG. Anytime we review an RPG, the, if you want to buy it, buy it off that link because it's an affiliate program thing for us. If you click that link and buy the book, we get a cut. Yeah. Hey, if you want to go buy that fucking uh, supplement, the, the yeah. West End Games Shadows of the Empire thing, fuck it. Do it through there. I've said it before. The thing I bought most recently on drive through RPG, well, actually, the thing I bought most recently was Masks, the RPG. The, uh, yeah. I, I bought a PDF of that so I could share it with people. I also bought some Strike stuff. But I'm really proud of having bought the Gamma World card collection on DriveThruRPG. They printed them for me. They look perfect. They're the exact same weight and thickness of the original cards. And the whole thing was like 20 bucks. And those cards were collectible. They were sold in like random packs. Oh, yeah. So to get the whole set all at once for 20 bucks without having to dig through old stores was amazing. Yep. And that's the only ad we'll ever do, so I'm done. Uh, otherwise, you can find the rest of our shows, our uh, Movie Mastery, System Mastery, Gamma Crawl X coming to a close real soon, right there on that same website, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. John, you got anything else you want to contribute? No, I just want le to let everyone know that I'm Elan Sleesbagano, and I love death sticks. No! Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? <laughs> Calls everyone cheese on. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. <laughs>